When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Phil Mackey. This guy is absolutely elite. It's kind of like you're looking at your brother. I didn't know who had more energy. Judd Zolgad. I even hesitate to disagree with him because he's so knowledgeable and he knows way more than I ever will. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I don't know what the future is. So, um, you know, still dealing with, you know, the 24-hour rule with yesterday, so still um, dealing with that, so... You know, I was just going to take it one day at a time. I really haven't thought too much about it. Um, you know, I love this team. I love these guys. I love the coaching staff. Um, you know, I, I love this whole organization. I mean, the Wolves are awesome, man. I mean, the day I signed, I get a call from, from the owner, you know, welcoming me to the team, and they don't have to do that. That's, that's, that's really cool. Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum speaking yesterday, locker room cleanout day. And, I, and also, that was the last time that the Vikings are going to be in the Winter Park locker room because they're moving to Egan. That's so right. That's, they're, they're cleaning out not just for the season. They're cleaning those lockers out forever. That building's going to go, go, gonna be gone very shortly here, I'm sure. Are they moving the ship? Do oh, they got to move the ship, don't they? you got to take the ship along. I would it's hope the one so. thing. Unless they have a new ship, and they're going to, I don't know what they would do with that. Who gets the ship, then? That's the question. They'll probably try. You know what they'll probably do? They'll probably put, like, personal seat licenses uh, on it, and people, it'll be like a timeshare. And they'll just try Dawn to make right money now. off of it. I'm buying the ship, front yard, St. Louis Park. Wow. People Boy, can drive uh, by, and I'll be in the ship. Wow. Boy, you guys, <laughs> you won't buy a new car but for, for 10 years, but you'll buy the ship outside Winter Park. <laughs> Judd's Prior- priorities, David and Phil. <laughs> priorities. the only way to get Judd outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably accurate. It's a beautiful day in the ship. Man, so Judd and Collar are out in Philadelphia still because they're playing, their, their plane was not able to fly to Minneapolis yesterday. Uh, let's do this. We've talked all throughout the first hour about Case Keenum. Would you, would you die on that hill and bring Case Keenum back as, as your guy in a Super Bowl window and, and you know put, put the 2018 season on his back? Let's rank... I've got seven quarterbacks here. Let's add Eli Manning. I sent you guys this list uh, before the show. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Eli Manning, and then the three guys the Vikings had under contract. So Bridgewater, Keenum, and Bradford with parameters here. So we're going to try and estimate how much money they would make if they're free agents or estimate what you'd have to give up if you were going to trade for one of them. So like Alex Smith, I said a third-round pick for one year of Alex Smith. He's got one year, $20 million left. Uh, Eli Manning has two years and $55 million left. You probably have to give up like a second-round pick, third-round pick for him. Uh, how would you rank those seven quarterbacks in order of preference to lead the Vikings in 2018? Matthew, Let's go Judd, Matthew Judd, and then I'll, I can go last. Well, I, 
I think that Drew Brees is he's number the one, ob- yeah, obvious number one. I, I mean, if you if a Hall of Famer who just led the NFL in yards per attempt and completion percentage wants to come play for you for a year, then you say, "Welcome, welcome, sir. This has worked out fairly well before." I have uh, Teddy Bridgewater number two, and that goes along with his knee being good now and I mean that's something that I just can't know and that Mike Zimmer didn't say today in his press conference when he was asked so I'm going to go with Teddy as 25 year old quarterback who was a franchise quarterback before and was only on the rise and will have a much better offense coming in and years to continue to grow so I would go him number two Alex Smith would be my number three, led the NFL in passer rating this year, was actually much better downfield uh, than he had ever been in the past. His number one overall pick, a guy who's had uh, great numbers and a great record in Kansas City, just can't get over the hump there. Um, Maybe this might be somewhat controversial, but I think Sam Bradford would be next for me, again, pending the knee that I think Bradford was very good in Minneapolis. Not the best quarterback in the league, but uh, especially with this offense, with an offensive line, I think we saw potential there. So if they believed in the knee, as long as you had a good backup quarterback, I would go with him next. Then I would go Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but the price is just too high. Case Keenum would be after that. And probably Eli Manning last. After watching Eli this year, it was not a great situation. He lost all of his wide receivers. But the age on that guy and the fact that you'd have to keep him for two years um, with his contract situation would put him all the way at the bottom for me. Judd? Uh, I would go Breeze 1. I would go Cousins 2. If you If you believe in him, he could solve your problems for a long, long time. Now, he's going to be very expensive, uh, but... He's got good stats. He's intriguing. I put him two. I put Teddy three, provided that the knee is is back to where it needs to be. I put Alex Smith in a trade, and this is tempting. I put him four, Eli five, K six, and Bradford seven, and here's why. I don't trust Bradford's knee. I just don't. When when he, he had to have a back-to-back ACL uh, surgeries on that knee, and then he comes back after one game this year, and it flares up again, and then eventually they have to go in and clean that up. I don't trust it. So I go Breeze, Cousins, Teddy, Alex Smith, Eli, Case is my six, and Bradford is my seven. So I'm my list is more close to Judd's than Collar's. So Drew Breeze, obviously number one. Now you'd probably have to give him, if, if math so – the top quarterbacks in the NFL are making between 20 and $27 million. And Breeze is in that mix. Matthew Stafford, we're talking average annual value. Matthew Stafford makes $27 million. You'd have to offer Drew Breeze to pry him away from the Saints. That's a really good team, and he's been rooted in that organization and that city for over a decade. 25 to $30 million a year on a two-year deal. Now, you do have the cap room to do that, so just that the price of poker is going to be high but worth it for Drew Breeze. Number two, Kirk Cousins, and I'm I'm a little skeptical. It might be his numbers might be inflated, and it's possible he's kind of a fake franchise quarterback that's really in that second or third tier and just uh-huh. puts up big numbers. I would be worried about that, especially when you're going to have to pay him probably more than any other quarterback and guarantee money. There's going to be a bidding war for him, but I still put him number two. He's 29 years old. He's put up big numbers, high completion percentages. Alex Smith on a one year it's one year twenty million dollars for him. You give up your third-round pick, let's say. You're not going to have to give up a ton to get him. And uh, and he's not going to cost you as much as a Kirk Cousins. And I agree with Collar. He's better than Case Keenum. He is. Is he is he good enough? I don't know, but he's better than Case Keenum. 
Number four, discounted incentive-laden deal for Teddy Bridgewater that maybe gets him up to like $10 million a year if he plays a full season. I put that above Case Keenum, let's say a franchise tag or a multi-year deal. Eli Manning is sixth on my list. He's That's a lot of money for a guy who's been in decline the last three or four years. He's 37 years old. You'd have to give up a draft pick to get him. And Sam Bradford's last, not because of his talent, but because I'm with Judd. He can't stay on the field. He's missed basically three full seasons in the last six years. And he's on multiple knee surgeries. And a bone bruise kept him out for like two months. So I And he's going to cost a lot on an incentive-laden deal, too. He's used to making $17 million. So Breeze, Cousins, Alex Smith, Bridgewater, Keenum, Eli, Bradford. The hardest one for me to place in this list is Teddy Bridgewater because we have not seen him since the injury. Uh, so maybe you say, well, it's a discount. Yeah, but there's also the chance that his knee could be a problem again, whether it's just in how he plays or if it's an actual injury again that could end his career or force him to miss uh, a full extra season. That's that's what's harder. But, you know, with his age, if you were just putting that aside, I would say that he is just as good or better of an actual quarterback to Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins, and yet he's five years at least younger and nine years younger than Alex Smith. I mean, you think about even with Case Keenum, He's five years younger than Case Keenum. Yep. And, and and so you're talking about a guy that had not reached his ceiling, had not had anything like uh, the situation that some of those quarterbacks have had. That's what makes it difficult, too, is that all these quarterbacks we're talking about, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, they, they all had really good situations to put up the numbers that they had. With Teddy, too, the, the intriguing thing there to me is this, the unknown completely. You don't know his health. He has ne- never had a coordinator who ran the offense tailored to him specifically, right? So with him, there's this complete unknown, and and the upside is there. If if he has looked good in practice, and if they if the doctors have said, hey, the knee is fine now, the upside is potentially huge there. And if you can bring in a coordinator now who can say, okay, you know what? The only thing I'm focusing on is what makes this guy as successful as possible. Because 2015 was not that year. 2015 was a year where they went into a complete blind panic after one game and changed everything. Well, it's it's worth pointing out, too. It may turn out to be a great thing that Bridgewater barely played this season because the Vikings know so much more about him just by watching him in practice than any other team. Like mm-hmm. the, the other 31 teams in the NFL have no idea what he really is, and you can't just say, well, he threw a, he's terribly threw a bad interception. He was out there for five minutes. And that was the first time he had played in two years. Mm-hmm. So you might you might have the advantage of knowing he's fully healthy and he could go in if we knock the rust off in the preseason. He could go in and perform at a pretty high level, but nobody else knows that. So there's not going to be as much of a bidding war for his services. With Bridgewater. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, or, or he could be a disaster and have chronic knee problems. But yeah, I th- nobody knows. <laughs> but the, the, the one thing about that decision is the ceiling on Teddy Bridgewater, other than Drew Brees here. But Brees, you're, you're getting basically one or two years out of. But the ceiling on Bridgewater is higher than all of those other quarterbacks. I, I see Bridgewater in terms of an NFL comparable quarterback to being very much like Tony Romo, a guy who you know can move around in the pocket but isn't a running quarterback, relies a ton on his accuracy down the field and his intelligence. I, I think people, 
have discovered just how intelligent Tony Romo is when he's not squeaking and squealing at, at big plays. He he shows you how smart and, and well prepared he is. And that's it's not his fault. That, he just got excited. I don't know, Jim. Okay? I don't know, Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh, Jim. <laughs> when he's not doing that, but you see that that Bridgewater has an incredibly high ceiling that he did not reach at, in 2015 because of the reasons we mentioned. But I also think that his statistics because there are so many problems with just looking at touchdowns and interceptions uh, to try to evaluate the quarterback when I look at the skill set of all of these guys Bridgewater is the smartest and most accurate Um, Sam Bradford also extremely accurate with uh, an incredible arm but um, has also doesn't have that that it factor as much as Teddy Bridgewater has that you know, you, you listen to Gruden talk about it with Case Keenum, but that was that was Ted, Teddy Bridgewater too, right? Or t- I mean, to the tenth power when he was coming out of college, and then we saw a lot of that in the NFL with comebacks and a game that should have been a playoff win with a last second drive. I mean, that's another part of the conversation that Alex Smith does not have. Kirk Cousins has not shown a whole lot of that in his career. Uh, obviously, Drew Brees has it through the roof. Um, and Bridgewater does too. That's that's why he's so high on my list. But I'm also assuming that they know the medical situation with his knee. Yeah. It is great, by the way, that Jim Nance kind of called Tony Romo on the squealing. Oh, Jim, is his foot out? Oh, Jim, he? oh, Jim, his foot out. Like, what is he? What is he? Is he okay? I love Got Tony really Romo. Excited. But he's freaking out. He uh, loves football. We can take calls on this. So. Uh, there's there's a lot more to I, there's a specific reason why I put Breeze Cousins and Smith above the other four that I want to run by you guys. Let's come back six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We'll get to uh, Paul and other phone calls on this as well. It's Mackie and Judd. Judd and Collar still stranded in Philadelphia. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f***ing love it. I'd like to see three, you know, nice shots in rhythm. And then maybe toward the end, if you could put a little goose gossage steam on that. I'd like to feel that. Just, I'd like to feel the wrath. Football! Football, yeah! Yeah! Football! Football! That's all! Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh my God, you guys, I am so stoked you are here. You have no idea. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. That's out of my control. Um, you know, I, I did what I could this year and, you know, hopefully made enough kicks to where they, they want me back. Um, so I, I definitely want to be back here. You guys want to rank uh, free agent kicker options now or, or now? Nah? I, I want to rank... Free agent kicker options in how they dress. That's yeah. what I want to do. How oh do you God. look at getting on the team playing, Matthew? Just Collar? let Kai be Kai, okay? What was that? That's got to be a Halloween costume for next year, right? One one of the three of us. The only way I could describe it is that it looked like Michael Jackson. It did, it, but but uh-huh. I don't. It was like what he would wear on Halloween if they were traveling somewhere. If he wanted to dress up like Michael Jackson, but it was three months later, and, and he the, was dressed like Kai Forbath. And the <laughs> veterans forced him to do so. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like something that a person would, would wear unless they were given no choice, but they had to wear those clothes. Yeah, it was weird. So we're, we're ranking Collar and Judd are in Philadelphia. I mean, we say that now, but Judd's got basketball shorts on here, so it's like... <laughs> well, hold on a second. I don't know They're getting dirty. That's the only problem. Is there a pickup dirty. game later? <laughs> it's Philadelphia, I, man. I'm you never know. Hoops. I yeah. paid 10 bucks for my last haircut, so I mean... <laughs> God. I don't know. Anything. Are those the same mesh shorts Judd wears to high school football games alone in the fall? <laughs> oh, no question they are. I've got like two pairs. That's it. 
And I took one, and yes, it's my That's black great. pair of mesh shorts. I, They're very nice. I feel like, and I'm not, maybe I'm not to that age yet. Maybe you are, Judd. But when, when men get to a certain age, it's the uh, don't give a bleep age. Like, I went and visited my dad in Arizona for, uh-huh. I, I, we were up traveling around. We stayed with him for like three days. He wore the same purple mesh shorts for three straight days to restaurants around the dad. complex. I my dad, love he, your I'm like, you're gonna mix it up. He goes, "Why? I'm retired. Who cares?" <laughs> your father is. You know what? That's me. Oh, hey, man. you know what? Except you're not retired yet. That's oh, the pretty difference. much. I mean, come on. Once you find something that's comfortable, why change it up? <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I think it's the the fact that Judd also has the sock that comes all you know halfway up the shin too. <laughs> oh, I got the so, old man socks on. Yeah. So like, when, oh yeah, when he's going downstairs, I, you needed to go downstairs in the hotel to ask them something yesterday. I was like, are you going to put on shoes or something? Like, oh no, no, I'm not going to do that. Just the socks slide, and the mesh shorts. I slid the huh? tube down though. I think he slid the. I tube slid down the tube down. To look a little bit more hip, but yes, I went downstairs with with the tube socks, slid down, and the mesh shorts, and you know what? The people were very Wait, nice so sli- so sliding the tube sock down makes you look a little more presentable in the lobby to strangers? Yeah, or what? I mean, it looks a little better. It looks better. Not great. No. But you know what? I was comfortable. It doesn't. I was comfortable. It doesn't look better. All I care about, listen, all I care about is comfort. It's the most important thing. Man, that's... So uh... I, got my, I got my shorts on. These past two days... From a standpoint of comfort, gentlemen, have been glorious. They sound now. I'm they trapped sound here, but they've been glorious as far as comfort. Why don't nice you, outside you, too? You should look for uh, for rent rentals or real estate out there. I think I think I think this is a good setup. The Viking, we can just sort of plant you in Philadelphia, and uh, you can just stay there. Hey, Vikings you know fans! You know what's great? I punched a pedestrian too just yesterday, <laughs> and the guy was like, "Oh, hi, thanks." Instead of instead of the knocks, <laughs> people just too. punch yeah, each other right. in the face. Right. Um, so I here I have a theory for you guys on why I put well Drew Brees number one. Obviously, we all had Drew Brees number one in our in our quarterback offseason wish list rankings. But I put Cousins and Alex Smith two and three because if I'm going to pay twenty million dollars ish or either eighteen twenty three whatever it is around twenty million dollars for a quarterback, a I need something better than the sixteenth best quarterback, which is what. Case Keenum might be, and B, I need something that's a known commodity if I have a Super Bowl window, too. So, I mean, like, some of these other guys, and not not that Kirk Cousins is a fully known commodity, but he's had, he's had like a three-year run here where he's put up 4,000 yards passing and a bunch of touchdowns. If you want to win the Super Bowl, it's hard to convince me to gamble on Bradford's knee or Bridgewater's knee, even on a lower contract, or Eli Manning's decline, uh, Breeze, Cousins, and Smith. You can point out flaws with Cousins and Smith, but you know who they are at this point for the most part, especially Alex Smith. So the known commodity makes me lean a little bit more toward those guys. I put Teddy three based on, on this. If if you've seen him and you're convinced he's back, I think that, that he is, is your guy. But it's based, on, it's based on, on the fact that there's only one team at this point that knows, right? The Vikings saw him for, what, approximately a two-months collar, and that's it. And so if you know he's back and you're confident that that knee is set and you're confident that you can uh, provide him with an infrastructure to be successful, I like him. But, Phil, you're right. If you're saying to yourself, well, we think he's back, but I'm concerned about that, then I don't do it. Now, the one thing with him that's going to be very intriguing is this. Teams are so starved for quarterbacks that keep in mind the Miami Dolphins called the Vikings sight unseen with Teddy before he even started to practice, I believe, and inquired about him. That's how starved uh, teams are for QBs in this league. But if you're the Vikings and you're saying to yourself, 
you know what? The knee has recovered perfectly. He's fine. Then I'm I'm very intrigued because that's a long-term option. And in the short term, I think he comes back and can be pretty successful. Yeah. Collar, what do you think about the 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 Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, you know what you're getting factor here? Is there like Alex Smith, people rag on him, but you know, he he you brought up all the numbers yesterday. He led the league in passer rating. Uh, the biggest flaw in his resume is he hasn't done really a whole lot in the playoffs, but you could argue he played well enough to go deep in the playoffs this season and this year, and their defense melted down, and Andy Reid forgot that Kareem Hunt existed. It's amazing. His record in the playoffs is 2-5, and five, which is obviously not very good, but his statistics in the playoffs are pretty good. And some guys put up bigger numbers because they're losing all the time. I don't think that was has really been the situation with Alex Smith. I think there have been a number of times where he was either let down by his defense in the game against Tennessee slash bad luck. I mean, Marcus Mariota threw a pass to himself for a touchdown in that game because it bounced off somebody. Uh, so there was a little bit of bad luck in that one. And I also think that his coach, every time he gets into the playoffs, botches the game management. And we saw from the Jaguars just how much uh, that can ruin a game for you. They had a Super Bowl caliber offense, but not a Super Bowl caliber defense. And their head coach let that one slip away. But, uh, you know, Alex Smith in a better situation with a, a better game management head coach here with a top defense if he put together anything like that season I think you'd be talking about one of the best teams in the NFL and one of the things you have to like about having an Alex Smith is that it's a one-year deal you get him for one year and then you can decide okay do you want to tack him on for a few more years because you went to the Super Bowl or do you want to say well you know what it didn't work as well as we thought or he was just pretty good and then we can move on that's the concern about Cousins I watch Cousins I watch him closely and I'm just not super impressed I I think he's got an amazing head coach for offense and I, I think that they've been playing from behind a lot or in shootouts a lot that have pumped up his numbers in a lot of ways and he's very similar to Case Keenum I mean like a better version of Case Keenum is what Kirk Cousins is in my mind for skill set and that doesn't quite do it for me for skill set for Alex Smith this is a guy who was a former number one overall pick who has uh, throughout his career I think gotten a lot of a lot out of that uh, more than it looked like early and, and especially recently as he's come into his 30s he's been even better when they convinced him to work the ball down the field so I think he is a, is a great option from that standpoint uh, Courtney Cronin will join us here very shortly let's take a quick call here six five one six four six eight two five five. hey Paul how are you guys? We're doing well. What's well, Judd and Collar are still getting snowballs thrown out in Philadelphia, so I'm but fine. yeah, I'm very well, happy. And, and and I've been on hold for about ten minutes here, and, and I'm getting TMI about what they're wearing out there. I, I just uh, it's I, disturbing. I, it is. We apologize. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I can't unhear that. But anyway, I'm I'm looking at at I'm thinking of the name Jimmy Garoppolo, and, I, and am I missing something? Is he he's a free agent this year too, isn't he? He is, but the 49ers, at the very least, would will franchise tag him. So like he won the last five games of the year for the 49ers. So there's they'll probably right. sign him to a long term extension at the very least if they can't come to an agreement. He's gonna just get the franchise tag, so he won't be available. Okay. And Washington could still do that with Kirk Cousins, but because they've already franchised him two years in a row, now it's going to be even more costly to franchise him. So you're talking around $30 million, which seems a little less likely. But, yeah, Garoppolo, I mean, that 
wow, was he good in those last few games. Talk about a guy with big-time throws with an incredible arm. Yeah, he's not leaving. Uh, yeah, he, they're, they're not, not, they're not going to let him walk. And my guess is as soon – you know, these things, they don't get reported, but I'm sure that the agents and Garoppolo were involved. Hey, is this a place that you might want to stay for a while? You think at, oh, I don't know, like if we uh, set you up at 130 million Avenue in San Francisco, would you, right? You know what I mean? So I think he's going to sign a long-term deal yeah. soon. That's Collar and Judd. You can find all kinds of great stuff from them from Philadelphia, where they still are because their flight got canceled yesterday. 1500ESPN.com. Purple Podcast episodes. Let's come back, catch up with Vikings Insider from ESPN.com, Courtney Cronin, and get the lowdown on what we need to know from Mike Zimmer's season-ending press conference and uh, Pat Elfline's injury. We have an update on that as well. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. We're back on 1500 ESPN. I really haven't thought too much about it. Um, you know, I love this team. I love these guys. I love the coaching staff. Um, you know, I, I love this whole organization. I mean, the Wolves are awesome, man. I mean, the day I signed, I get a call from, from the owner, you know, welcoming to the team, and they don't have to do that. That's 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 really cool. All right, Case Keenum talking about the Vikings. He's still sad a couple days later. Uh, Courtney Cronin has braved the, the well, the, her first Viking season and travel, and now, uh, just so you know, Courtney, it does snow and it is crappy here, but this is the biggest snowfall since... The Metrodome roof collapsed in 2010, so welcome to Minnesota officially, officially. Thank you. I actually am one of the few people who got in yesterday. Um, my plane landed right around noon, and I don't know how the pilot did it because it was a pure whiteout, and I know that uh, Phil and, and Matthew Collar are still stuck in Philly, so Godspeed. Yeah, well, Judd, Judd is where... That's me. Judd and Collar oh. are in Philly. Judd... Yeah. Yeah, Judd has been uh, roaming around for things to to wear because his clothes are all dirty. So he bought an Eagles NFC Championship shirt. I, did, I saw that. I saw it. That's um. I'm sure that you should you should definitely wear that during Super Bowl week here. It's com- you know what? It's new. It's comfortable. It was cheap. It was a bargain, Courtney. I'm very pleased with this shirt. <laughs> did you get the socks that you needed? That Matt said he said you guys ran out of socks. Yeah, we did, and and we actually found a pack of socks. It's outstanding. They breathe, so, wow, so you can great. see, so you can see your feet through the holes, and they breathe. These might be the no- nicest uh, socks that I've ever purchased that aren't dress socks. No These one, are super comfortable. No one needs to see your feet through. I'm any just, sort of thing, I'm right. telling you right now, the comfort of these socks is off the chart. Right. I am. I've spent the past two days being as happy as possible right. when it comes to comfort. Courtney. Hey, hey, Courtney, let's talk about someone else's foot or ankle. Uh, how's Pat? El- He's going to have surgery. Pat Elfline, can you give us an update? Yeah, Mike Zimmer. I asked him about it this morning, and he wasn't going to divulge a whole ton of details. But obviously, if it's requiring surgery, it must be something pretty serious. Um, that you know, Pat is going to undergo surgery. What we believe to be pretty soon. Um, you know, we, you saw him go down there uh, in the second half in Philadelphia, and you know, I saw him walking out of the uh, locker room with some assistance, some some crutches, and his left ankle, left foot in a boot. So yeah, that's the second season-ending injury. And the season's already over, but second injury is going to require surgery from the offensive line. Zimmer did also say that they were there are there are some other players, uh, you know, quite a few. What he said that will require some off-season surgery but did not choose to divulge on those details. Did you know how much he loves to talk about injuries? 
What did uh, Zim say today, Courtney, that you found intriguing or uh, at least got you to say, you know what, that's worth a story on the website? Um, he didn't touch on the long snapper situation, which I was really, really intrigued about. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the overboss storyline, he almost goofed up the Saints game. You and Collar made that very clear. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my uh, favorite ones to follow. But I think with Teddy Bridgewater, he, he revealed kind of or may have foreshadowed where the Vikings actually think he's at right now. Um, he talked about, you know, yeah, he wanted to see him on the field more, but and he called, you know, his return an unbelievable achievement just for the fact that when this injury happened in two days before the end of the preseason in August 2016, they researched this type of injury, um, you know, which we know as a dislocated kneecap on his left knee and torn ligaments, including the ACL. Um, and they found 24 cases throughout sports that, you know, of this exact injury which um, you know said you know, half of them nobody ever came back, and you know the earliest that anybody did come back was 24 months. So I think what we're seeing here, because Bridgewater came back in November 2017, I believe on the 8th. So that's about 14-ish months after the injury, and that's about 10 months ahead of schedule. So maybe that's the reason. You know, I think if you're trying to read between the lines here to figure out, okay, why was he inactive the last two games against the Saints and the Eagles? Maybe he wasn't as far along um, as they had originally anticipated. You know, Mike had said throughout this whole process, yeah, he's you know, ready to play in a game, but was he really ready? Because if you're, if you're just trying to connect the dots here, it's almost an indictment on, okay, well, they don't actually think he's ready. Um, and I also kind of wondered, you know, along the same lines of that, was this injury more serious than a, than a dislocated knee and torn ligaments than maybe the Vikings had let on? Because 24 cases in sports in total, that's a pretty rare, that's a very low number. It makes it sound like it may have been more rare of a case, at least a situation, than, than maybe we thought. Yeah. I mean, that we spent the whole first hour and even you know the first half of this hour, Courtney, just going over how crucial of a fork in the road this is. When you get smoked in the NFC Championship game last that the, the last five teams to lose by three scores or more in the NFC Championship game, going back the last 20 years or so, all of them missed the playoffs the next year. Uh, not to mention the Vikings, every time they've gone and lost lately in the NFC Championship game, they have had a huge letdown the next year. So, you know, you I think that quarterback spot, if you just bring back Case Keenum or Bridgewater and bring in a new coordinator and cross your fingers and your schedule gets tougher and Tom Brady's on it next year, that might not be good enough. So uh, I, there's not really a question in here other than to say the obvious. They have to look at that position, the most important position in sports, and say, who do we want to die on the hill for in a Super Bowl window? Yeah, and I mean, they, you know, as we talked about where the Super Bowl window is, like how, how open is it, how close to being shut is it, there's a good chance that, you know, if they get the right quarterback in place, given, you know, everything that's, you know, staying intact on offense and the pieces on defense, that they could make another deep run. But it, you, you kind of hope it's not just the, the situation where they go out and they find some veteran quarterback and it leads to, you know, whatever, because they are notorious for doing that. You have to look into the health of both, you know, Sam Bradford and, and Teddy Bridgewater and then factor in where Kate Keenum may fit into that. Obviously, Zimmer had, you know, the, you know, the ability to say, I haven't been able to think about it yet, which, 
Yeah, it's you know to avoid the questions of having to say whether Case Keenum has earned the job next year, whether he, you know, what he really thinks about Teddy Bridgewater. Um, these are really, really, I think, franchise, you know, career-defining moments for Mike Zimmer um, and Rick Spielman here to build off the momentum that they built this year by making the right call at quarterback, however they're able to do it, because that's. You know, it's a rare situation to be in where you make the NFC Championship and then going into next year, your biggest question is at the quarterback position. Courtney, just like Jeff Overbaugh, Pat Shermer is not going to be here next year. So what did you take away from Mike Zimmer's comments on Pat Shermer leaving and what they will do at the offensive coordinator position? I got I to gotta collect myself a minute. If you knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> It sounds like they're going to go at least giving some thought to trying to keep the continuity that they have within the staff right now. Mike was asked about, you know, Kevin Stefanski, you know, quarterback coach, would he be a good candidate for the job? And, you know, he's obviously not going to let into too much right now about, you know, where he's at in the process. He said ASAP. So, I mean, it would make sense that, you know, with your Kevin Stefanski, you know, and obviously Tony Sperano's name should be in there too, um, that they would want to give some of their guys an inside look because he liked the chemistry that the offensive coaches had with the defensive coaches, with the special teams coaches, um, and they want to keep that going forward. So you'd think, I mean, Stefanski's young. He's, you know, worked wonders with the quarterback situation that they've had. Um, here in Minnesota, the last you know twenty four months, and he would be a good he would be you know certainly somebody that I would think would be a good fit to keep what they have going if you do bring a case Keenum back um, instead of having to install a an entirely new system with if you went outside and got somebody. Your best bet right now on the opening day quarterback for the Vikings next season, Courtney. You know, I've thought I've. I've thought about how the process could shake out, whether, you know, Case Keenum obviously did enough this season to earn himself the job. But, you know, I think that they, I would, big picture-wise, I think they are able to bring back both Teddy and Case Keenum. There's a quarterback controversy throughout camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy does end up beating Case out because that would, technically that would coincide with the 24-month window that, uh, that Mike Zimmer did speak about today. But I do think that both of them, they, they will find a way to bring both of them back, uh, maybe with a franchise tag. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, unless Case Keenum is getting oodles of money from, you know, a team like Arizona, maybe the Jets, um, another situation like that, I could see, you know, for them wanting to keep that continuity that they were talking about, well, these two are, you know, kind of part of that. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Your March the le- the league year starts on March 14th. That's when players mm-hmm. can officially sign. There's a tampering window now in the two or three days leading up to that. If in theory Rick Spielman wanted to, I don't know, text his friend Drew in New Orleans, <laughs> uh, you know, is it oh, to, to us? All three of us agree on this side. You have to make that phone call and get rejected first before you go back to any other option internally or anywhere else. Heck yeah, he's a free agent. Why not? He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he's at the later part of his career, yes, but you wouldn't have to sign him to a long-term deal, anyways. Like I think the same thing with Cous- with Kirk Cousins. Like, give him. You know, if you want to do this on a short-term basis, you at least make that phone call. 
Courtney, uh, as far as uh, players they're they're bringing back for next year, where they could be uh, just as good or even better, Delvin Cook is at the top of the list. What do we know about where Delvin Cook stands now in his recovery and the expectations for him going forward? Well, it's interesting because Mike Zimmer, when you're asking about you know players' health and how far guys have come along, he loves to you know Sam Bradford told him his knee's great, so that's how he <laughs> is. If that's the truth, I don't yeah. know. I mean. But with Dalvin, he said that he talked with uh, head athletic trainer Eric Sugarman, and he even kind of had, you know, it was a cheeky moment, like smiled, said, you know, he tells me he's doing great. So that's what I'm going to say. He's doing great. Uh, I think yesterday Dalvin spoke about, like, he doesn't really have any sort of timetable yet about returning to football activities. Um, you know, if you're looking at the timetable from where he tours, when he tours ACL in early October to getting back for OTAs and um, you know, some other stuff in the off season. you would think that he could be back by, you know, sometime around May, June. But, yeah, there's no – they haven't spoken about any sort of, you know, hard date that he will be returning to activities. I know he ran on the uh, gravity uh, – the anti-gravity treadmill last week. So he is making progress um, that, you know, at least like we've seen on social media or that he spoke about yesterday. But as far as, you know, what that backfield looks like next year – um, it's crowded for sure. I mean, you expect that, you know, it's Cook and Murray and that Jarek McKinnon ends up going elsewhere. But, yeah, they're, you know, the offense would have looked, looked a lot different this year had Dalvin Cook been there. Mike Zimmer said just as much uh, today, and I think they probably would have been more explosive. Hey, Judd, for the record, I believe Dave Dravecki told the manager his arm felt fine too. So I think Yeah, it felt players, absolutely perfect till it snapped in Montreal. Yeah, players players tend to uh, Sam hey Sam, how's the knee? It's great. It's like eighteen million dollars great per year on a multi year deal. Okay, we'll have to <laughs> We'll consider that. Hey, Courtney, great stuff. You did an awesome job covering the Vikings in your first season. And for anyone who hasn't uh, been following her, Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter if you uh, want to give her a follow. Thank you. Bye, Courtney. Appreciate it. See you guys uh, maybe next month when you get home. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> With new socks, though. Keep oh, that in mind. Oh, my Our God. Our feet are looking good. No, that's terrible. All right, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They have completely gone off the deep end. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The big game is coming up and 1500 ESPN and TCL. Want to make sure you are ready for it. Every day this week, you can win a 65-inch TCL TV plus a $100 gift certificate to Crave for that big game party of yours. Check out the 1500 ESPN stream player for all the details. It's brought to you by TCL, the official TV of football playoff parties. They got this thing called social media. Hmm. They, let, let's go to the art museum and let's desecrate the Rocky statue at 8 a.m. and let the Philly yeah. fans see it. Like, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is not a big deal. <laughs> I, they had every everything we did to them, they deserved. That was actually Judd calling into a Philly radio station. He's been there so long and is still there. He sounds like That was like last a, night. Yeah, that's what in I thought. My, in my garb, in my <laughs> Eagles NFC title championship shirt, I called the show to tell them the Minnesota fans got exactly what they deserved. You're fully ingrained in the and Philadelphia. We'll beat them, and we'll beat them up if they come back. And we're coming to their town. We're going to beat them up again. <laughs> Did uh, anyone get seriously hurt? We did, there, No one got really hurt, right? Well, the beer cans mainly missed people, I think. Okay. 
because they couldn't throw straight. Every, everything so I've heard is like people I've, – I've had a bunch of tweets the last couple of days from people who were at the game, Vikings fans, saying whether it was walking through parking lots or on the way to the stadium or in the stadium, I've never been treated worse as a human being, like in any context, not just in stadiums, but in any context but, than at that stadium on Sunday. But you were warned about this. Like if you were going in your okay, victim horns, shamer, you, you were warned about – no, but this is why you should listen to your parents. Like or newscasters, I, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> tell people that last week so they could be like, "Oh, we'll be fine." These Philadelphia fans—they're just like, "No, no, they want to beat you up." Well, I just wanted to make sure no one got seriously hurt, so I could just laugh at these people, like the Minnesotans going back. I can't believe they were so mean to me at this insane alcohol festival <laughs> where I'm wearing all purple with horns on my head. Yeah. Like, come on, man! My my face my face is painted, and I just put a Stefan Diggs jersey on your rocky statue but hey let's be friends yeah the, i think the poking the bear factor if you if you put a stefan diggs jersey around the waist of rocky you're gonna be uh head on a swivel but if you're just like taking your kids and you live in philadelphia and you got a randy moss jersey on i don't think i need some jacked up dude bro with a with cheesesteak all over his chest to be Screaming obscenities at my kid. That's and it's me. also not like no one ever told you Philadelphia fans could be aggressive. I mean, the 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 booing Santa, throwing snowballs at Santa, all these all these famous <laughs> moments that they've had, cheering players when they got hurt. That's uh, like you've heard enough of the stories to know that that's what the Philadelphia atmosphere is. Yeah. And I it's just just I think secretly that the people who are coming back and whining about it are kind of enjoying that and taking that as their only win. Like, I, you put the tail between the legs, you lost 38-7, to seven, but the only way I have left to win over these people or to have something over the Eagles who whooped us is, yeah, but you guys are savages. You guys are jerks. And, like, I, and you, that you that's all you got it. left. That you live through left. it, I guess, can be the win. 651 646 We've been talking Vikings pretty much wall-to-wall and quarterbacks. Brett, you're on the show. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. What's going on, man? Not much. I'm just wondering, like, how in the world did our the best defense let up 38 points against this Philadelphia team we were supposed to beat? It's and it's and it's <laughs> yes. It, Brett, I think asks that question on behalf of all of us. Thank you. <laughs> That's the question that we've been trying to to answer since Sunday evening. And right? it's even worse. It looks like a Texas Tech defense in the box score when you take the second half of the Saints game and the first half of the Eagles game. So let me take his question and spin it forward here. And in, in two minutes before the top of the hour, or three minutes. How concerning should these last two games be for predicting future performance? That's I think that's the question. I don't think that it's that concerning at all. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a really special offensive line that allowed them to do things that no one has done against the Minnesota Vikings all year, namely have their quarterback spend five seconds in the pocket. When he threw the touchdown to Elshon Jeffrey, I mean, the coverage is what ends up looking bad, but the All-22 film, you will see the coverage was great. Until the fifth second, basically, when Nick Foles is able to step up into a pocket and launch the ball down the field. How many times can we ever say quarterbacks were able to do that? That's all-world right tackle, all-world center, great right guard, a left guard who's clear, or a left tackle who's clearly better than we gave him credit for, did a great job against Everson Griffin. Their offensive line gave Nick Foles so much time to throw that they did things that 
took away the Vikings aggressiveness and actually Atlanta had a better scheme to slow them down than the Vikings because yeah. they would play in kind of an umbrella they force you in front of them where the Vikings get right up in the box and are really aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be predictive. I th- I think really the last two games all 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 it does is uh, put you in your place. I mean, it just wasn't the generational defense that maybe you thought it could be if they mowed through Drew Brees at Philadelphia and then also uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. They didn't I get far, it done. I, I am far more concerned about your QB play in the past two games than I am your defensive play. Yeah, for long-term predictive value, yes. yes. Exactly. That concerns me far more than defensive uh, breakdowns. Yes. All right, let's do – we usually do Tuesday packing orders, picks in packing order in the season, and we're going to we're gonna do it officially. We're going to go Vikings heartbreak is the theme when we come back here. And then we can open up the phone lines for uh, later on in the, the noon hour, too. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. Zolgad and Collar still stranded in Philadelphia. It's Mackie and Judd.